I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. ESPN Radio. The last one from our guy on his playlist, Rajim Seabrook, was in studio with us in the first hour. If you missed anything in it, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by Black Book Communications, as well as the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. That one, I got it made by Special Ed. I always love when uh, Raj comes in and bestows his knowledge upon us all about uh, the wide world of hip-hop. I profess to know a lot about music, but uh, Raj knows a lot about music. So if you missed anything, we talked uh, latest in high school hoops, which we're going to give you another real-time update here in just a minute. We also talked some NFL, Eric Bieniemy, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. Talked some Zach Cruz, former Missoula Sentinel star, walking on at Montana State after uh, a long uh, absence uh, from the sporting world. And uh, also talked some Big Sky Conference hoops. Specifically about the way the Grizz have turned the corner and uh, are surging into the Big Sky Cowboys tournament. Go check out the Nuanas Now podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications, goblackfoot.com, the M Store where they're all Grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get your blue and gold on game day. Time for our Garden City Spotlight, presented by Missoula Electric Co-op, proudly serving safe, affordable, and reliable energy to their members since 1936. So, uh... In the Western AA Boys Tournament, Missoula Hellgate, one of the favorites in the tournament, they had a balanced effort once again. They have so many different weapons. They play such good team basketball, and they post a 66-49 win over Kalispell Flathead. This tournament being played up at Flathead High. Uh, so good win by the Knights. Uh, Missoula Big Skies Boys, they play Kalispell Glacier at 6.30 tonight. And then the Missoula Sentinel Boys, they play at 8 p.m. against Helena High. Helena High... Uh, certainly one of the uh, enigmas coming into this Western AA tournament. When they have been at full strength, they have been one of the best teams in the Western AA. Tevin Wetzel, though, has been in and out of the lineup. I think he's one of the best players in the state of Montana and uh, certainly one of the catalysts for Helena High. And when he was out, they hit a little losing skid, uh, but now they've surged back in. So we'll see if the the Bengals can make some noise. But I do think that... uh, Tomorrow, by the time this is all said and done, uh, Helena High, Missoula Big Sky will probably be your, your second uh, semifinal. Missoula Hellgate and Helena Capital is your first semifinal for the Class AA Western Divisional uh, Boys Basketball Tournament. But uh, Glacier's pretty good, and uh, Sentinel's scrappy, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. But Big Sky boys playing really well right now. Sentinel's boys have struggled a little bit this year. How about on the girls' side? How about a Wilt Chamberlain-esque triple-double? Alex Coville goes 10 of 10 from the floor, 26 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 block shots. <laughs> this is a silly stat line. Missoula Hellgate's Washington State-bound center helped lead the Knights to a 63-33 win over Kalispell Glacier in the first round of the Western AA tournament. And the Missoula Big Sky, they continued their winning ways, 14 points each from Cadence Couture 
and Avery DeCoit for the Big Sky Girls in a 46-39 win over Helena High. Missoula Sentinels girls at halftime right now. They lead Helena Capital 26-24. And then the final game of the Western AA girls side will be uh, Butte versus uh, Kalispell Flathead. So there you go. It's your latest of your latest when it comes to uh, Missoula High Schools at the AA level. Garden City Spotlight. Presented by Missoula Electric Co-op. Also, the Missoula Loyola boys, they rolled into the Class B tournament with a huge statement win. They beat Big Fork by 30 in the Western B Divisional Championship game. So, impressive win by Loyola's boys. They are undefeated against Class B competition this year. Their lone loss is to Columbia Falls. And then in the uh, Western B girls tournament, the, um, the Breakers had to play a challenge game at Anaconda, at the Snake Pit. And they came up with one of the biggest wins of the year, 58-52 over Anaconda. Uh, so very impressive for the uh, the Missoula Loyola girls as well. Uh, Andrew, first of all, uh, how's your day? I know you've been cranking on all sorts of content for us. So uh, we're going to have a story. We're going to have a bunch of stories, a bunch of feature stories, SkyOnSportsMT.com starting this evening and uh, running all the way through next Thursday. So a week's worth of coverage that we've been spending the entire basketball season working on. So please be sure to check out SkylineSportsMT.com. Uh, we'll have a story from Andrew about the guys that we once upon a time deemed as the kings of Reno, John Newley, the head coach of Idaho, and Seton Sobolewski, the head coach at Idaho State. They've had more success than anybody on the neutral site uh, courts since the Big Sky Tournament went neutral site. So you can expect that feature uh, here just right after the show ends, right about 6.30, and uh, I'll put it on all the Twitters and stuff. What else have you been working on? What are you grinding on today? Uh, moving on to a look at the Eastern Washington men, who I checked in with early in the season after yep. they had that Montana sweep to start the conference season. Well, Coulter, that was just the start of it, obviously. 16 straight wins for sure to start the Big Sky Conference schedule. Really interesting team, really interestingly built team, which we talked about yesterday on the roundtable. Uh, really interesting group of guys with interesting backgrounds and the way that it's all come together. Uh, you know, it's a competitive team. It's a together team. That's what you hear from out of Cheney. So just checking in with uh, a team that went on one of the most historic runs in Big Sky Conference history and uh, the number one seed, even if we're not sure if they're the favorite still. They're fun to write about, right? Because David Riley is just a compelling character. He's only, what, 34 years old? I mean, Boy not, wonder. Yeah, he's he's the youngest coach in the league. He has such a, a new age style. He's so good at instilling confidence in his guys. He he has some shades of Shante Leggins, but he's also not nearly as, um, how do you say, gregarious and almost in your face as yeah, Shante Leggins. Shante yeah. Leggins could at some times, I loved it because I just thought it was so entertaining. I totally get what he was doing. But you heard from fans across the league that maybe aren't Eastern Washington fans that, oh man, that Eastern Washington coach, that guy's crazy during games. That guy makes a fool of himself. I totally got what he was doing. He's put it all on himself so his players could play. It's brilliant coaching in my opinion, but Riley has shades of that, but he also uh, has his own way of doing it as well. It's pretty interesting. And just interesting that they've been able to become competitive so recently after tearing it all down and then everybody following Shantae Leggins out the door. Uh, and, and interesting, you know, Eastern Washington's had a really good basketball program. This is where they should expect to be. But I think when, when everybody left, you would expect them to spend more than one year down. So it's, it's, it's a great story how they've managed to turn it around. Breaking news uh, from the NAIA National Tournament. The um, seeds will be coming out 
The Carroll College women are the Frontier Conference champions and uh, been ranked in the top 10 most of the year. They beat Montana Western for the Frontier Conference Women's Basketball Championship. But this shows you how strong the, the Frontier Conference is. Montana Western gets an at-large bid to the NAIA National Tournament, and they are a three-seed. So uh, pretty cool for Lindsey Woolley's crew. Lindsey Woolley, uh, there's another Garden City Spotlight connection. He is a Missoula Big Sky grad and uh, my high school basketball coach. He texted me. <laughs> I should actually just find my phone and read it because it was a hilarious text. But either way, shout out to Coach Woolley. He was texting me while I was on the ESPN Plus call for the uh, Kakariz men's game in Bozeman a couple weeks ago. And he was like, who would have thought 25 years ago when I was trying to convince you that you didn't need to foul out of every single high school basketball game that then I'd be watching you on TV calling a game? That's why life is so fun and full circle. But he was mostly trolling me because I was uh, frustrated, to say the least, with the way that the game was being officiated in Bozeman. And uh, he was teasing me because I, I can't deny it, I certainly was uh, the ultimate foul machine uh, during my non-memorable and non-sensational <laughs> high school basketball career. Uh, this is coming from uh, NBC Montana out of Butte. Um, the bracket continues to expand for the NAIA National Tournament. Carroll still awaits their seed, but Rocky Mountain uh, College out of Billings, they're going to get an 11 seed. So they get an at-large bid. They're heading to Lewiston, Idaho, uh, Montana Western with a three seed. They're headed to uh, Park City, Kansas, which I believe is right outside of um, Kansas City. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, Garden City Spotlight, presented by Missoula Electric Co-op, proudly serving safe, affordable, and reliable energy to their members since 1936. Uh, Andrew, I asked you <laughs> to, to give me a blindside question, and you're like, about Missoula High School basketball? I don't know anything about Missoula High School basketball. That's the point. So what do you want to know? What, what, are you, what, what are you musing on when it comes to high school hoops here in the Garden City? Well, is there like a... Is there like a city style? Is there a style that's that's held true throughout the history of Missoula High School basketball? Because like, it's that way for all the big cities, right? Yeah, for sure. Here's the here's the thing. There's a lot of reasons for. It. I actually think that we could break this down uh, pretty pretty big picture because the the omnipresent shadow of the University of Montana had still does have, but had such an unbelievably dominant influence over the entire city of Missoula for so long. Grizz Athletics was the marquee, and it still is certainly the headliner, but it was the marquee. And one of the things that makes Montana cool is how tight-knit all the communities are. Missoula just always happened to be so tight-knit around the downtown community and the Grizzlies more than high school sports, whereas high schools like Great Falls CMR or even Great Falls High, Helena Capital, like those are some of the number one things that unify that portion of those communities. I guess what I'm getting at is most kids that grew up in Missoula in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s grew up wanting to be Grizzlies, not wanting to be Big Sky Eagles or Hellgate Knights or Sentinel Spartans. There's certainly some uh, you know, that were involved in high school stuff early on and, and grew up wanting to be that. But I remember wanting to be a Grizz linebacker when I was in sixth grade more than anything in the world. And I didn't really even think about Big Sky. And, you know, the, the youth football in Missoula used to be called Little Grizz, and everybody thought they were chasing the Grizz dream and all of it. And, and so that, that's just the, the football part of it. But for so long, 
Missoula almost always had the best individual talent in the state, and that's boys and girls basketball. There's been, I would reckon, more Gatorade players of the year, especially in, in boys' hoops, but actually I bet you probably both. I bet you Missoula has more boys and girls Gatorade players of the year than any other town in Montana, and I actually bet you it's not really that close. And uh, But I guess the best way I could sum this up is during my time in high school here in Missoula in the mid two thousand in the early two thousands I should say, there was some great high school basketball players, multiple Division one guys of my age group. Jack McGillis was one of my great friends. Uh, he went to Oregon State for a couple years, was a starter at Oregon State, and then transferred back to Montana and, and was a, a great player for the Grizzlies here in town. He led Hellgate to a state championship in two thousand four, our senior year of high school. But that team had three Division one guys on it because Jack went to Oregon State, Trevor Morris went to Idaho, and Charlie Cox went to uh, Montana before then finishing his career at Montana Western, but he was an excellent player as well. That same age group, though, Jordan Haskett, who went on to become, I think, the 12th, uh, 12th all-time scorer in Grizz basketball history and, and a multiple-time all-big sky performer for the Grizz, he played on the same team as Eric Hankel, who was a slick shooting shooting guard who went on to become a starting guard at Eastern Washington, and they also had a variety of guys who were good enough to go play in the Frontier Conference. And Trevor Morris, who actually transferred to Hellgate for his senior year and went to Idaho, he was on that Sentinel team as well. That team got fourth their senior year of high school. And part of that is just because the individual talent and the pizzazz and the flash that highlighted Missoula High School basketball for for a really long time, it, it didn't translate into beating some of these juggernaut programs. Like forever... Even though Great Falls CMR didn't have the best individual talents, they were so well coached. They had such a, a steady program. They had a feeder with the club programs and the middle schools in town. So everybody was running the same systems, and they were coming in so developed. And you also had that that sort of uh, generational love of it uh, because you know there were so many guys that grew up wanting to be wrestlers. Whereas I, you know I don't know how much those guys grew up wanting to be Spartans as much as they wanted to just be Division One guys. So I think that the individual talent and in boys basketball particularly has defined Missoula, and then sometimes the the team success has eluded it. That said, that's changed a little bit, and part of that is because of the Hayes family at Missoula Hellgate. Eric Hayes was an all-time great Grizz basketball player uh, for Grizz men's hoops. He famously scored thirty plus points against UCLA. Uh, in the NCAA tournament when the Grizz took him all the way down to the wire in one of the great moments in, in Grizz athletics history. And uh, then Hayes was the coach for both girls and boys basketball for a really, really long time. Then he stepped away, and uh, there was a variety of different uh, people that tried to fill the roles. But then when Jeff Hayes took over uh, for Hellgate Boys Hoops, that returned the stability, and now we've seen the great individual talents like the Raleigh Woosters of the world, like the Connor Dicks of the world, be able to go to Hellgate and not only have uh, their their prospects increased and, and their recruitment at a high level and, you know, sort of the, the reputation as some of the best individual players in the state remaining, but uh, you've also seen uh, those guys have a lot of team success as well. I mean, Raleigh Wooster and Hellgate won back-to-back state titles. Connor Dick and the Hellgate Knights uh, will be one of the, the favorites again this year in AA. Uh, so I think you've seen a lot more coalescing. I think that that's all to say, I guess what I'm getting at is because high school sports were sort of not the, the top of the marquee, not one of the headlining things in Missoula, although they were 
generally popular, not nearly as popular as most, if not all, other towns in Montana. Uh, high school sports in Missoula have gotten significantly better. I think there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. as our Garden City Spotlight, talking all things uh, Missoula, Montana hoops right now. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, I think that uh, scrapping Little Grizz and having Missoula youth football, I think that's been uh, a pretty big improvement. And it's also really helped, particularly Sentinel, because they've really bought into uh, the pipeline that MYF can create for them. I also think we just have a lot of really good coaches right now uh, in Missoula. And uh, I think that that's also been part of it. You've, you've seen a lot of guys with Grizz ties that have stuck around and, and continue to coach. I think that's really enhanced things. And uh, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it, but I do think that compared to where it was for a, a long time, I do think that uh, Missoula High School sports and uh, that translates into basketball is is better uh, than it has been in quite some time cumulatively. You want us doubt ESPN Radio? Anything else you want to know about uh, high school hoops in Missoula? Well, I don't know. You can keep talking about the history <laughs> yeah. of it for as long as you want. I, totally. I don't know that I need to interject here. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take an early break, and we're going to come back with some soccer. Uh, Andrew has our latest footy 15, an excerpt from soccer in Snow and Smoke. And uh, then we'll wrap back around and uh, give you some more thoughts on the Big Sky Conference men's and women's basketball tournaments as we make our way to Boise, Idaho to be- begin our tournament takeover. All of that coming up next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Exhibit kind of became a parody of himself when he started doing uh, Pimp Your Ride. It was sweet. But people forget, man, Exhibit's got beats. Exhibit's got rhymes. That album is so good. <laughs> I don't remember how I even stumbled upon it, but it was uh, awesome going down memory lane. I used to love that when I was in middle school. So sweet. No, I was now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and our ESPN MT app. It's time now. For our footy 15, which is an excerpt from Soccer in Snow and Smoke. Soccer in Snow and Smoke, a soccer podcast produced, created by, and hosted by our Andrew Houghton, both ESPN MT and Skyline Sports, and one of the uh, consistent contributors to Soccer in Snow and Smoke, has been uh, one of our favorite guys around here, Chris Chudovitsky. He's an awesome uh, first of all, just awesome dude to hang out with and talk sports with. Uh, font of knowledge when it comes to soccer, and uh, I've learned a lot from listening to these guys rap on soccer and Stone Smoke. So a couple times a month, we play a 15-minute excerpt, a footy 15, presented by Flanagan Motors. Flanagan Motors has been supporting soccer and supporting the Missoula community for more than 50 years. Flanagan Motors located right there on Stevens Avenue in the market for a new rig. Go see uh, Shannon and his crew over there at Flanagan Motors. Andrew, do you want to set this up for us, or should we just roll? Chris Javitsky, by the way, the Grizz soccer coach. I don't know if I mentioned that, but uh, anything to set up here, or do you want his role? That's all just what it's about, Coulter. I hadn't talked to Chris for a while. I hadn't talked about Grizz soccer for a while. There's a lot of stuff going on with the team. I mean, it's a typical offseason. It's the way college sports are these days. Players in, players out, players using their extra year. Uh, so I just wanted to catch up with him about that. You'll hear a little bit uh, about that in this excerpt in the full episode. Uh, he talks a lot more about players who are really impressing this offseason, players who you guys should be looking out for going into next season. So just consider this your spring update, everything you need to know about the Grizz soccer team. 
And go subscribe to Soccer in Snow and Smoke on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. Appreciate Blackfoot Communications and Zootown Sports Guards for their continued sponsorship of that. And thanks to Flying Motors for their sponsorship of our 4015. I just want to hear an update on on what's been going on and, and where you want to start is up to you. Yeah. Um, I feel like you got to start by reflecting on last season and kind of looking at our entire situation there and how I don't mind losing. If you lose, you got to lose the right way. And I just wasn't happy with the way that it ended. I wasn't happy with the way that we lost. Um, there were just things that needed to be corrected. And so that's what I'm most proud of now, six weeks into the season, is the strides that we have taken and just in regards to that. And that comes back to the way that things operate internally and all the things that we value and how our processes work and the standards that we uphold. And so seeing that shift um, honestly has made it one of the best springs that I've been involved in so far here. And it's just really exciting to show up to work every single day and just crank the standards as high as possible and say, we got to meet these things and let's go. And they respond positively. How do you attack that as a coach, knowing that changes have to be made, but also not wanting to mm-hmm. completely tear down and, and start everything again? Yeah, exactly. It reminds me of 2018 when I took the job here and somebody reminded me that when you walk into the waters here, don't splash too hard because you'll scare all the fish away. And so it was like little splashes. <laughs> it's a, it's the same thing here, but there had to be a couple splashes. And so there were some pretty significant changes made. And now I feel like just because of that, it's steady the ship pretty quickly and I'm excited with the direction that we're moving in and you can see it because again for me it comes back to the feedback from the team if I sense that they're moving along the same direction as us and with the energy accompanying it then you feel that you're doing it right and you can continue pushing it if their initial response was visceral and like oh wow this is too much too soon and I have wonderful assistant coaches and we play out every single situation where we talk through these things and let me know what you're hearing and senior leadership let me know what you're hearing am I going too hard here and they're the ones that are telling me turn it up turn it up because we can handle this right now and so yeah like I said just an exciting time to be a Grizz I think the big visible change was Jay Landham coming back as the mm-hmm. associate head coach. Is that the proper yes, title? And correct. the goalkeeper's coach, yes. um, of course, took a, a year sabbatical on the East Coast at Villanova. <laughs> yeah, that's a way to look at it. And is back now Damian Macias, who was with you for a year mm-hmm. back in North Dakota. Yes. You could see on social media a little bit that Jay was back in Montana, and I wasn't sure whether he was back on staff, but just officially announced a couple yes. weeks ago. Walk me through that process of, of him coming back. Yeah, really random. Um, and again, just uh, if we could do a shout out to Damien, I think Damien did of tremendous work. If you look at the schedule that's upcoming for the next two years, some of the teams, and I can't mention anything yet because we're waiting on contracts to come in, but just ridiculously high-level teams coming into Missoula. So he helped move this program in the right direction, but just things weren't working out personally, so moved back. And luckily enough, at the very same time that he's moving out, Jay's looking to move back. And so it just worked out that Jay, of course, was my first phone call, and we had stayed in touch over the course you know, of that entire fall. And he just said, I'd come back in a heartbeat if I could. And here he is. So yeah, excited to have him back because his energy and professionalism with the goalkeepers is tremendous. And then he absolutely loves this place and just bleeds Missoula. So good to have him back. I hear Jay wants to come back in. He he, he appeared with Camellia Zoo on a podcast last year. Hear that he wants to come back in, so I'll ask him this question. But what what do you think, seeing him now after a year in another program, him coming back, what do you think he, he picked up at Villanova? You know what? <clears throat> That's a really good question. Um, every time you leave someone, so for instance, his words on Ashley, my assistant coach, he looked at Ash and said she has matured immensely. She is more confident as a coach. She's better as a coach. She's just better as a leader of people. And for him, it was... 
a slightly difficult experience, and I, I should leave that for him to describe how things went over there. He was, in a way, had to come back and almost be rebuilt in certain ways. But he took a lot out of that where he just had to learn a different way of operating and work in a different environment and figure out what it is that he loves. And now that he's back, his level of gratuity for this place is what is really through the roof. And he was always special and fun to be around, but now that he loves this place even more, it's even better. Does Ashley's new confidence extend to podcast appearances? I would hope so. I thought she was great the time that she came on. Ashley Herndon, who's another of the assistant coaches at Montana, I thought she was great when she came on, but she said she had misgivings about the whole process. Oh, she was scared. Yep. She she definitely um, didn't want to listen to it. I listened to it. I gave her feedback. No. I mean, yeah, Ash, it was great. And so I thought she was well-spoken and did a good job. And I'm going to, if we could get the two of them in here at the same time, I think the energy that you would see bounce between the the two of those would really make it a fun place. Well, I wouldn't even need to be in here. I'd just go sit in there exactly. and say, you guys just have a conversation, you yep. know, and uh, yep. have some fun. And yeah, Exactly. I mean, Ashley, the amount of crap Ashley gets in the office is amazing. But then she's matured to a point now that she throws it right back at the two of us. And I love that about her, that she can just give it right back, just makes it all the more fun. Christian Davisky, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer team in here, giving us a winter, late winter, I guess, early spring mm-hmm. update. Weather's been a little bit nicer the last and couple days. we were days, outside so. yesterday for the first time. Oh, that was nice. How did, how did that go? It was cold. <laughs> obviously, during the day, I was like, this is perfect weather. And the sun goes down when we're outside, and it was freezing. But I, I have a note that comes out in my phone once a year, and it's a reminder that, Remember, the first time that you go outside, because we're going from futsal with a heavier ball to a lighter ball, and it's outside, and the energy level's through the roof, it's going to be a lower-level training session. So lower your standards of what you expect, just allow them to have fun, and then over the course of the week, we'll be fine. But boy, were they on fire yesterday. It was just incredible to watch them, and so we had a great time. That's awesome to hear. We're recording this uh, on actually the last day of February, February 28th. So Chris is talking about uh, February 27th, the Monday. This will be out this week, because as I mentioned again, headed to Boise for the Big Sky Conference basketball tournaments this upcoming weekend. Chris, we talked a little bit about Jay Landham coming back. Of course, that leads into sort of the other big news of the offseason that I think registered in everybody's minds, right, which is that Camelia Zoo is not coming back mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. goalkeeper, two-year starter. She was the Big Sky Conference goalkeeper of the year two years ago, I guess, now as a redshirt freshman, mm-hmm. uh, but announced that she was transferring to Minnesota. And just anything that you can say about that and, and not having her next year? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, nothing nefarious behind the scenes there, right? It was just a, a simple conversation which Cam and I had, and it's a direction that she's wanted to go in. And so um, fully support that and helped her through that process. We were looking at a handful of options, and we all felt that like, Minnesota would help her out the most when it came to her development and growth and the challenges that she wants to see. So happy for her from that standpoint. Uh, sad to lose her, absolutely, but it does open the door for somebody like a uh, Ashlyn Dvorak, who is you know, local Montana kid from Billings, who is very, very special. And so it'll be exciting to watch Ashlyn. Another former guest on the podcast, Ashlyn Dvorak, goalkeeper, state title winning goalkeeper, actually, from Billings West, won a state title her, mm-hmm. her senior year at Billings West, redshirted last year, now in position for that starting goalkeeper yes. job. Just to touch on, on Cam a little bit longer, I've had her in here, knew that she was very ambitious. She wanted to get into the national team picture for Canada, mm-hmm. has big goals. It was, it was a joy talking to her, actually, because yeah, of her awesome. ambition and her, her intellect. How does being able to move players on to programs to match their ambition help you guys as a program? And but also, how do you, you know, maybe move past that? Yeah, exactly. 
Um, something that I've talked about, I wouldn't say weirdly enough, but it's just something that if you talk about other programs who are experiencing, look at football, look at men's basketball, look at women's basketball, and the fear is that we all just become um, a feeding ground, a minor league team for the major league team, right? Who can look at it and say, you know what? I didn't want that player. didn't want to take a chance on her, but she's gone over there and she's crushing it. Two years in, let's take her over here. And we can take advantage of their development. Exactly, yeah. right? And so, but you also have to live in that reality. Can we move beyond that and say everybody stays here? Or do we just say, you know what, that's just the reality that we're in and you got to accept the fact that it could be a two and done, so to speak, or a one and done and you lose somebody, which you don't want. <laughs> so how do I build an environment that people don't want to leave? Does it help you, though, also with, with players coming in to say, there could be opportunities to move up here. Yeah, I think what, what's really boosted us is the, the ability to move up into the professional ranks. Tay Hansen moving on into the NWSL, that's been a massive sell for us and really helps. If you can move, you don't have to go anywhere else. You can go into the NWSL directly from here if you want to. And so, yeah, we we're trying to hit all those areas and just provide the best possible picture to keep people here. But, yeah, if you, you know you can move on into a positive direction, then, yeah definitely helps it's a really interesting place for this program to be and I've, I've written about that a lot i always like talking with chris about that uh, it is chris chiavisky head coach of the montana grizzlies soccer program joining us on soccer and snow and smoke chris great segue there um, to talking about some of your players who have gone on to play professionally any mm-hmm. updates that you can share with us about where girls are right now what you're expecting for this upcoming year yeah might even be another podcast for you there checking in with some of them right um alexa coyle seemingly has moved into the uh the real world right the business so, world the yeah. business world right so she was working with the seahawks as an intern and i was just messaging with somebody that i know um just trying to get her another another big connection which could move her on to occur into a separate career which will be kind of fun so we'll see how that goes tay hansen is still her pull is to stay in the nwsl she's not on contract with san diego anymore wants to stay in the nwsl so is trying to figure that out her overseas options i think would be through the roof but that is not her mindset right now she wants to play at the highest possible level which is here and so we'll see how she tries to figure out that piece. And then, yeah, I know Rita Lang's still looking to get back into the picture overseas again, just changing agents. Caitlin Rogers, I haven't heard from from a bit. She has a tendency of she's, she's kind of like a cat and always has been. Rogers here and you're excited to see her. Then you turn around and she's gone for about three months. And so, yeah, I don't know where Rogers is at. But, yeah, overall this year, nobody moving on into the pro ranks. The... What you'll see coming up, I think the next big splash is going to be Mesa Walters. Uh, Mesa's having, like, one of the best possible springs anybody could have. I mean, she has grown so much as a leader and a person and just becoming even better as a player. It's really fun to see. I think she's the next one that makes the biggest splash on the scene for us in about, ooh, what month is it now? In about 10 months' time. Her goal is to, to graduate and move on immediately. Christian Nowitzki, Grizz soccer coach here on Nuanas. Now it's our footy 15, presented by Flanagan Motors. An excerpt from Soccer in Snow and Smoke. If you are into the beautiful game, go check out the podcast. Great idea, great execution. Uh, Andrew Houghton, our producer, as well as uh, burgeoning podcast host. Go check out Soccer in Snow and Smoke. And a couple times a month here on Nuanas. Now you will hear footy 15, presented by Flanagan Motors. Flanagan Motors. Locally owned and operated for more than 50 years have been supporting soccer in the Missoula community for more than five decades. Talk some Big Sky Conference hoops because, of course, we will. Right after this, keep it right here. No one is now ESPN Radio.
102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Maybe if I turn the right mic on. Final from up in the flathead. I'm like, why do I sound so bad? It's because I'm sitting on the other side of the board. I'm sorry. I've only done this for five years. You know, just multiple-time radio broadcaster of the year. <laughs> I can't even turn the radio machine on. A final from up in uh, Flathead, uh, up at uh, Flathead High School. The uh, Missoula Sentinel girls got one out, but they get a win. They beat Helena Capital, so that's a good win by Ty Hobbs's crew. And uh, so that means at the girls' double-A tournament, how about this? You look at the semifinals, Missoula Hellgate smashes Kalispell Glacier to move on. Triple-double for Alex Coville. 26 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 blocks. That's uh, absurd. Missoula Big Sky gets past Helena High, 46-39. So Hellgate will play Big Sky at 3.30 tomorrow in the the semifinals of the Western AA Tournament. And the Missoula Sentinel into the semifinals, so they await the winner of Butte and Flathead. I was predicting yesterday that we would be behind in terms of the timing of it all. And, uh, you know, I hate to say I told you so, but that's the way it goes. They're only 43 minutes behind. That's not that bad, actually. I mean, truly, I'm not even being sarcastic or snarky. Uh, really, they, you know, if they can just get back here on track, then uh, maybe that uh, late game tonight between the uh, Helena High boys and the uh, Sentinel boys will will tip at somewhat of a decent time. Scheduled for 8. We'll see if we can catch up to that point. But before 9, it would be great. We'll have full scores for you. So here's the deal tomorrow. No one's down ESPN Radio. I will be on the road. We're leaving early. So I plan on being... Uh, Available when the show's rolling. I'm going to give you the most recent high school updates uh, from when the show starts, and then I'll have another update in the second hour as well. Also tomorrow, though, uh, we're going to have a two-part conversation with Riley Corcoran, who's the voice of the Grizz. Andrew Houghton has prepared a uh, prep interview for us as well. Uh, and then we also have Danny Sprinkle joining us, Montana State men's basketball coach, and we have Justin Angle. Uh, the business angle as well. So plenty of content, plenty of conversations that we've conglomerated and collaborated on uh, throughout the week. And so uh, that's how we'll roll. We'll have as many real-time results as we possibly can, but we'll certainly have results from everything that happens tonight uh, up until the the real-time games there. You can always follow hashtag MT scores as well for more uh, of the real-time results on the, uh, the Twitter machine. I gave my, I don't even know if it's a gripe, uh, but I gave my uh, my thought uh, on Darian White not getting MVP. I, I'm not trying to say that I thought she should get MVP, Montana State stud point guard. I just think that it's crazy broadly that one of the best players in Big Sky history never won an MVP. It's, it is what it is. I totally understand the whys. I really do. But I just think that in terms of impacting winning, she's one of the best players I've ever covered in any sport. I mean, she's on the Mount Rushmore of, of great players at Montana State, all sports that I've I got a chance to cover over the last 11 years covering the Cats. And she's one of the best women's basketball players I've covered in the big sky. And I started doing this back in 2006, so I got a lot of seasons under the belt at this point. And uh, Derry White's certainly one of the best. But here's the way the, the, the uh, awards did play out. The most valuable player award goes to Sacramento State. Andrew Houghton had that squarely on his ballot yesterday when we were talking about it on Nuanas Now. Jamie Laura of Eastern Washington is the defensive player of the year. Leah Beatty of Montana State is the top reserve. Kalaja Dean, Dean excuse me, gets newcomer of the year as well for Sac State. And the freshman of the year, 
we, covering the Lady Grizz in person so often, thought that this could be the case, but I didn't know if the sample size was going to be big enough, but it is big enough. Matt Koning wins uh, freshman of the year for Montana. And then the uh, first time ever there's been tri-champions means the first time ever there's been tri-coach of the year. So Trisha Benford, Montana State, takes home, I believe, her fourth Big Sky uh, Coach of the Year honor. Mark Campbell, second-year head coach at uh, Sac State, he takes home his first Big Sky Coach of the Year. And Lori Payne, also among the uh, tri-coach of the years. She hails from Haver, Montana. She's the head coach at Northern Arizona. And uh, so congratulations uh, to them as well. I was uh, Andrew, were you surprised that they went with tri coaches of the year uh, with the tri champions? I just never really seen that. I mean, I think it's pretty ridiculous. I, I mean, all of those coaches had great years. All of those sure. coaches are great coaches. Yeah. I'm just not sure how it played out that way, right? Because it's, it's like the coaches are voting for it, right? Yeah, yeah. So every coach has got a vote. So I'm assuming it was three, 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 and then right. somebody else had one vote. Sure. Uh, so I was trying to puzzle a lot. Maybe Jody Gleason got a vote because Easter Washington actually is probably the team that overachieved. Maybe the Chelsea Gregg. Yeah, I mean, right. I could justify a vote for for any of those coaches as well. It, it was a great year in the league. It was a really. Um, I mean, in terms of win improvement, Chelsea Gregg's a, a good point, right? Because they won zero games they were last 0-20 year, twenty last year. And they won eight league games this year. I mean, I, no one else improved by eight league wins this year. That's right. Um, I just. <laughs> So I guess maybe it just worked out that way. I think it looks a little bit ridiculous to have three coaches as your as your coach of the year. Klajadine, the uh, Dean, excuse me, uh, is the Big Sky MVP. She's joined on the first team All Conference by Beyonce B of Idaho, Darian White of Montana State, Regan Skank of Northern Arizona, and Isnel Natabo of Sac State. This is pretty much exactly how we had it, right? Exactly how I had it. I said this on Twitter today. Actually, I thought MVP first team. Second team was just dead on, and and once you're past the second team, I mean, you can you can argue for different players here and there based on what you like. But I thought first team, second team was was exactly right. Carmen G. Feller from Montana gets second team, as does Cola Badbear of Montana State. Callie Bourne, who's been one of the best players in the league for several years now at Idaho State, she's also a second team pick. Esmeralda Morales of Portland State is second team as well, and Montana Altrogi from uh, Northern Arizona rounds out the second team. The third team for women's basketball in the Big Sky, Jamie Lorea of uh, Eastern Washington, J.D. Martin of Eastern Washington, even though she's missed the last month, Hannah Simital of Northern Colorado, Sammy Fackett of Montana, and Darren Hickok of Weber State, Delaney Byrne of Northern Colorado, Jacinta Buckley, Eastern Washington, Gina Marks in Montana, Leah Beattie, Montana State, and Laura Bello, Idaho State or your honorable mention uh, honorees. We have not uh, seen the men's list yet. I think that'll probably drop tomorrow. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how that one uh, comes about or, I guess, falls into place. Um, I want to talk, Andrew, just about this uh, tournament, though, that we will be headed to in Boise. We did word association with all 10 Big Sky Conference teams on the ESPN Roundtable yesterday. We also... Talked about uh, our all-conference men's teams as well. You can find that conversation on the Nuanas Now podcast. You can also find it on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast, SkylineSportsMT.com. But here's the way that the men's tournament will open up. Uh, Saturday, we'll have uh, two women's games, two men's games. And the men's games, they begin at 5.30. Northern Arizona will play Idaho in the 9-10 game. And then Portland State will play Northern Colorado in the 7-8 game. That game tips at 8 p.m. Then Sunday, you have Eastern Washington versus the NAU-Idaho winner at 5.30. 
Then Montana State plays the winner of the Portland State-Northern Colorado game at 8 p.m. on Sunday. And then Monday, the Grizz get into the action. Montana plays Idaho State at 5.30. And Weber State plays Sac State at 8 p.m. on Monday. And then Tuesday, you have the semifinals. Wednesday, you got the championship game. A reminder, late-night hoops coming at you Tuesday and Wednesday. The first semifinal doesn't tip till 6.30. It'll be on ESPNU and ESPN+. Plus. That's a, that's a good addition, too, by the way. We haven't mentioned that yet. Sometimes when you are trying to watch on ESPNU, it's not streamed on ESPN+. Plus, but ESPN has figured this out. They're going to be able to stream the ESPNU games on ESPN+. Plus. So Tuesday, if you've been used to watching Big Sky Hoops on the ESPN+, Plus, just stick there unless you know you got the ESPNU on the favorites or whatever. But that first semi tips at 630 and then the second semi doesn't tip until 9. But that one is on primetime TV. It's on ESPN2. So that'll be cool uh, to see the way that uh, they present it on, on the deuce. And then the championship game, not till 9.30 on Wednesday night on ESPN2. Andrew, do you have any thoughts on the new format? What do you think of the new format? I don't really have any idea how it's going to all go. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting, uh, reserving judgment until I'm there. I'm, I'm in it. I'm watching these games. Uh, I'm I'm I've got an open mind. I'm waiting to see how it plays out. I don't think it's I think it has the potential to be a really good move for the conference. I think so too. I think it does a better job of protecting the top seeds because basically Eastern and Montana State, if they take care of their first game, will then get an extra day off. Whereas teams like Montana and Idaho State, Weber State and Sac State, the, the three through six seeds, they'll have to win three in a row like the old format, but that's kind of what you get for not being a top two seed. So um, I think that is a good move by the league. Yeah, I think the controversy is going to come. I think they're going to start hearing about it if one of those top two seeds drops one of those games, right? And then you have the one or the two seed out of the tournament before some teams have even played. Right. Totally. I didn't even think of that scenario. Um, Also just interesting that uh, I guess it's a give and take, right? Because you get an extra day if you're the three through six seed before you have to play. Right. After everybody has played three out of uh, three games in five days, except the Grizz. The Grizz also have that advantage because they didn't play uh, against Portland State in the game that was supposed to be made up but then was not. So um, that part's um, certainly different as well. Of those first games, though, um, Portland State and Colorado, I don't really know. What I think of that game, either way that that one could go would not surprise me. The other one, though, I think Idaho is going to come in either completely reinvigorated with a, a new head coach after they fired Zach Klaus right after Idaho lost to Montana on, on Monday, or Idaho's just going to be dead in the water. And they also play a team that I think is the only team that fits the cliche of way better than their record. That's Northern Arizona. What do you think of the very first game of the men's tournament? Well, I think we're just waiting for Northern Arizona to to show something, right? I, you've been in on them all season. They've played a ton of close games. This is when it has to pay off. I think. Uh, well, I just think it would be funny if they lost in overtime. <laughs> uh, or that on a buzzer beater. Yeah, yeah. Not not uh, throwing any shade on Shane Burkar and the, and the team and the players down there, but um, yeah, we're we're just waiting and seeing. Breaking news from the NAIA uh, selection process right now for the women's tournament. Carroll College. They won the Frontier Conference uh, tournament title. They beat Montana Western 53-47. And uh, Western got a number three seed. So then conversely, Carroll College, they get a number two seed. They'll play Rochester in the first round of the NAIA National Tournament. Uh, and I think they get to 
be at home. I think that that's the way that the NAIA tournament works. I think they'll be able to play that game in Helena. So uh, interesting, interesting to see what regional they're in. But um, Carroll College has won four out of the last six Frontier Conference tournament titles. And uh, we'll have updates for you on what's going on in the men's national NAIA tournament. But I expect for sure Montana Tech, uh, but maybe Providence as well, to get an at-large bid uh, in the 32-team NAIA men's uh, tournament. Missed anything in the show today? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Want to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business? Visit goblackfoot.com. We got two more tickets. Andrew's holding them up for me. Two more tickets to tomorrow night's Grizz lacrosse game against Montana State. The Grizz ranked number one in the country for the first time ever. They play 11th-ranked Montana State, a team they have not beat in six years. You want to go 7.30 under the lights, Washington Grizzly Stadium? Call right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call right now, 888-1029. We got two tickets for you to the Grizz and Montana State. Cat Grizz lacrosse style at Washington Grizzly Stadium, 7.30 tomorrow night, 888-1029. By the way, Nuanas Now podcast, Rajim Seabrook, high school scores, a bunch of chatter about uh, the Grizz and the Big Sky Tournament, some buy or sell for the NFL, and a whole bunch of FUD, plus a footy 15, some soccer action as well. All of it on the podcast, Blackfoot Communications, the M Store where they're all Grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore, best place to get your blue and gold on game day Saturdays. I appreciate all those fine sponsors. Please go rate, review, and subscribe to the Nuanas Now podcast. Tomorrow... We'll be on the road. we got a jam-packed slate of guests for you. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, will join us. we also got some continued high school hoops coverage with some interviews with some coaches. We also will talk to Justin Angle, the business angle, and we'll also uh, catch up with Danny Sprinkle, Montana State men's basketball coach. Uh, you'll find all of it during the beginning of our tournament takeover. Can't wait to be hitting the road to Boise, Idaho. Always a great time of year, super busy, always hard to pack enough stuff for the week, but once you get there, you get it all day, every day, nothing but college hoops, can't wait for it, also can't wait to be back in Montana to cover some state tournament high school action next week as well. One of the best times of the year, and our tournament takeover for the fourth straight year commences starting tomorrow as we make our way down to Boise, Idaho. We'll get things kicked off at 4 p.m. tomorrow. Taking you all the way around the world of high school hoops, divisional tournament updates, and with Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. Have yourself a wonderful Thursday evening and be good. We'll see you tomorrow. The madness is here. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M-Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M-Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M-Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M-Store today and wear what the Grizz wear or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.